The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks, Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Richard. Darren. So I thought I'd start by saying some uh, little bit of good news, um, which is to thank everybody who's joined us on this journey of spiritual revelation this last two and a half years yeah. on the Spiritual Freedom Show. We learned just a few days ago that we were actually ranked fourth in the 10 best European spirituality podcasts, which, wow. which uh, you know, that brings joy to my heart because it means that, you know, these teachings, these incredible teachings That's are wonderful. reaching, you know, so many more people. Yeah, uh, I'd like to really thank yeah. all our viewers, listeners as well. Thank you very much. So today we're going to roll right in. Um, I'd like to talk about the search for extraterrestrial life. Now, um, I think most people are probably familiar with SETI, you know, the Search for Extraterrestrial uh-huh. Intelligence, yeah. right, that institute, yeah. um, who describe themselves, just read here, as a research organization devoted to searching for evidence of technological civilizations that may exist elsewhere in the universe, particularly in our galaxy. But as far as we know, they haven't necessarily found anything yet, probably because they're looking for life as we know it. Mm. Now, um, earlier this week, a little bit different, I was reading an article in a magazine called The Scientific American, which described the search for alien life. But what was encouraging in their case is that they were now talking about searching for life, not as we know it, in the sense that they said, we're looking for you know, a non-Earth-centric approach to life detection. But fundamentally, it's the same, as you can imagine. It's still you know, ultimately this search for kind of basic or primitive biology. Yeah. So you know, at this point, I want to turn it over to you. Like, what are we kind of getting, getting wrong here? What, how should we be searching for extraterrestrial life? And do we already have answers that we can talk terrestrial about? Terrestrial ego. That's, <laughs> That's basically wrong. what's wrong. Because yes. if you go about 400 years, <clears throat> yeah. uh, and it is roughly, I think it was 1616, that the then Pope and his council, whoever it was, mm. declared... The Inquisition, it was actually, declared the heliocentric idea, the idea that the Earth revolves around the sun mm-hmm. rather than the other way around, mm. declared that to be foolish, absurd, and heretical. Mm. And Galileo had to be silent. Even before him, Copernicus had basically not felt he could publish in his lifetime that very basic fact the heliocentric universe or the mm. heliocentric solar system, yeah, I should say. Yeah, yeah. The idea that planets revolve around suns. It was believed and it was assumed, and this is the point I'm making, it was a scientific assumption which is really unscientific. Totally, totally. That, you know, for, what, 1,800 years, I think, going back to Aristotle and mm. so forth, that we are the centre of the... We must be the centre of the universe. Just assumed. Yeah. No evidence, yeah. no deduction... Just an assumption. Same thing is happening right now. Mm. NASA, the other organizations, uh, there's, a, there's actually a nickname, an old nickname for NASA, which is never a straight answer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. anyway, you can imagine where that comes from. Yeah. But <laughs> putting that to one side, the same old thing. It's an assumption. It's not scientific. They think it's scientific. Mm. How do they know? And the assumption now is that if there is alien life out there, it has to be life as we know it. Mm. If we can't live on a planet, 
Nobody can. Mm. They don't know that. Mm. They know there's dark matter. They know 95% of the, the matter and mass in the universe is not visible or detectable to us, and yet they still make this dogmatic, it is a dogma, yeah, totally. uh, assumption that life has to be as we know it. So when they find exoplanets, they're looking to see if any of them could be habitable. In other words, could have water, could have oxygen, could have the conditions under which we could exist. And if they couldn't, there's no life there. Yeah. And they think they call themselves scientists. That's not scientific. Mm, 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 in mm. fact, the re real, real scientists, traditionally in the, in the going way back, of course, were the alchemists, but mm. are the, is the mystic. Um, some of the mystics aren't scientific enough, I would say, on the other side of the equation. So getting to your point, though, you know, it's to be welcomed that they're even using words like not as we know it. Yeah. Um, but they've got a long way to go, and especially when it comes to the multidimensional universe. Well, let's talk about that, because you, you sort of hinted at that a little bit. But, yeah. but, you know, how do we go beyond the life as we know it, biology not as we know it, to yeah. something more than that, which yeah. is the, the true nature of We're going to multiple frequency existence. Mm. And there is a type, because, you know, the, lately I've been focusing as well as on UFO, and extraterrestrial life and, and the cosmic wisdom on psychic matters mm. as well. And, and you know, people might say, well, that's two different things. Actually, no, uh, yeah. they're very linked yeah. in. Yeah. And a psychic uh, who doesn't have cosmic vision, and, and, and let's face it, a basic psychic doesn't, they're not advanced enough, but they are able to see life on this planet that's not detectable to the normal eyesight, if they are correct, if they are accurate, if sure. they are clairvoyant. Um, and also you can have clairaudience. So these are higher faculties of the basic senses. Uh, and, and they are in the lingo of our language. I mean, people say, you know, I, I, I picked up a thought, I've got oh, right. a funny taste in my mouth. All these colloquial sayings, you know, a, a funny vibe, a mm, funny mm, feeling, mm. I've got a gut mm, instinct, mm, 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 etc. Yeah. People have this faculty, but they don't believe in it. And in particular, scientists don't believe in it. And that's another dogma. Yeah. And it prevents them from developing it. But the point I'm leading to is that there is a... Uh, a, a frequency, I'm going to call it a dimensional, though the word dimension can be used in different ways. Yeah. And for ethereal society people, let me say, the yeah. seven dimensions of creation, as taught by Dr. George King and, and the Cosmic Masters, is a slightly different use of the same word. And I'm now using it in a way that most people would use yeah. it, which is yeah. other levels, other frequencies of existence. So mm -hmm. just as the psychic... And I'm one of them, and there are millions, I should say, of others yeah. around the world. And, it, and in fact, everybody can develop, unlock their psychic powers, actually, if they choose to, um, are detecting life on another frequency. So if you go to Mars, if you go to Venus, if we're able to, uh, and in the case of Dr. King, he did go out of his body mm. to those planets. He's not the first one. I think Count St. Germain, the great ascended master, uh, projected um, into space above Mount Vesuvius in Italy. Wow. And there's a, I've got an interesting account of that, actually, but that's mm. another thing. So it has happened through history, but mm. rarely have... You have to be very advanced to project beyond this planet. Yeah. You, you can just certainly have out-of-body experience. We've talked about yeah. that before, yeah. on this planet. But if one was able to, then one would, would see life there, even though it's not physically detectable, 
And I, I'm a believer, and more than a believer, actually, I'm absolutely sure that throughout this galaxy, there is a, a weave of luminous threads which are the trajectories of spacecraft. Mm. And they are not just threads on one level, they're multi-frequency threads. So whereas here we have sightings, I've had them, others have had them, of UFOs, yeah. um, and some of those UFOs are actually extraterrestrial spacecraft, mm -hmm. I'm 100% sure of that. Um, if one was to able to see beyond what this level we're on, and one was able to see throughout the galaxy, I'm absolutely sure one would see this wonderful tapestry of woven threads of the trajectories of multiple spacecraft traveling through and different frequencies at different levels. I'm going to take some time to try and visualize that, because yeah. that's, that's a beautiful image, isn't yeah. it, about also the interconnectedness of life throughout the galaxy. That's sort Absolutely. of, that's like part yeah. of what it speaks to. And one thing I would say <laughs> about them, they are making journeys I would say, if not entirely, but certainly for the most part, that are the right journeys. Okay. The journeys they are meant to make from an evolutionary point of view. Mm. I'm even talking now about the physical, if you can call it that journey, the, mm. you know, the space journey. Is, it, they know that that journey is necessary, not just... You know, most people here make journeys to go on holiday, to visit friends, to visit relatives, yeah. to what have you, uh, because they want to. And we all do that sometimes. But I would say, and I'm not going to be dogmatic here, that the vast majority, if not all, I don't know, but certainly the vast majority of those journeys are essential journeys mm. being made by intelligences who know where they have to go then and why. It's, yeah, I guess that's the difference between living... For a higher reason. Yeah, living consciously in order to evolve and sort of living unconsciously yeah. and sort of meandering our and way through existence. And that's why they have the powers, the <clears throat> knowledge, the ability. It's part of the secret, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is interesting that our, our sort of, you know, reality to some extent is defined by mainstream science is sort of limited by uh, the instruments through which we can observe the world around us. Yeah. And, you know, and they do have limitations. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, we've even discovered that over the last several hundred years, just yeah. in this physical plane, let mm. alone, you know, on other planes of existence like you're talking about. Yeah. But, you know, and, and it's like you say, it was the mystic who was able to use their own um, senses as an instrument of perceiving the world around them beyond just the physical world that we see, um, extending it into the, the other realms and being able to see, as you say, with their clairvoyant sight, with their clairaudience, be able to see this richness of existence that's around us. Yeah. And I just wanted to, you know, come back to basically what we're saying is that even on Earth, there are other planes, frequencies of existence, mm. which are not remote from us. I mean, these yeah. are people who have passed on, who are living there until they're ready to reincarnate again and come back. It's not yeah. like some other complete world. It's like, it's all part of the experience even that we have between lives. Yeah. And so it seems just natural that we can extend the same principle throughout the galaxy and mm -hmm. the universe in which we live. Yeah. So, so just bringing it back to the search for extraterrestrial life then, when we yeah. talk about you know, what Dr. King claimed, even as early as the 1950s, mm. I mean, what, what was he saying there that's... You know, that's well, he, he spoke about his own out-of-body visits to mm. Mars, to Venus, which I fully believe, um, and he talked from the very, very beginning, in fact, the first public meeting he ever held, which I'm pretty sure was January the 29th, 1955, in the Caxton Hall in London, yeah. about, I'm not quoting word for word here, but the uh, it's apparently invisible higher nature 
mm. of these crafts. So he was quite different, actually, from other UFO or flying saucers, they were known, speakers in those days or those who claimed contacts. Right from the beginning, yeah. he was talking about this. And, and I met a good friend of his, actually, by the name of Rex Dutter, who, who ran an organisation called Viewpoint Aquarius. Well, a fairly good friend. He'd okay. known him from the early days. He All was right. roughly the same age, passed on some time ago. He was also a very well-known theosophist, and he was one of the custodians of the Mahatma Letters, which were written to... Uh, Madame Blavatsky, I'm going wow. off topic here, but the, which are in the British Museum. Wow. Yeah, one oh, of the trustees I didn't know that they were of those letters. Yeah, yeah, I met him in there once, actually, when he was um, reviewing some of them. Wow. Yeah, but uh, that's, but uh, this, Rex, Rex Dutter told me, that, and he knew Dr. King from the beginning, right from the beginning, he was saying this, he was making this point about the higher dimensional life. I'd like to come back, if I may, though, to this thing about ridicule. Oh, yeah. Because I think viewers, listeners of, of this show, the Spiritual Freedom Show, need to be armed. Mm. They need to have a scepter with which to fight scepticism. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> they need to go forward confidently, like we all do, because we have a barrage. One of the great weapons of ignorance, and it's one of the weapons of the dark forces too, mm. is ridicule. Mm. It's not the worst thing. I mean, Giordano Bruni, who lived at the same time roughly as Copernicus and Galileo, and was very outspoken about the, the, the cosmology of the universe and life on other planets, then, we're talking the 16th century, Yeah or early 17th century. He, um, uh, I, actually, let me get that right. I don't want to give wrong information. Now, 16th century Giordano Bruno, he was burnt at the stake. Gosh. So there's worse things than ridicule. Yeah. Um, Galileo was ordered by a cardinal to remain silent on this matter, which he did, actually, for some years until another pope was selected, and then he started to speak again. Copernicus felt he couldn't publish this, uh, until I think the last printed page of his mm. book was delivered on, on his, the day he died. Wow. Uh, much later, Swedenborg, who had contacts, direct contacts, I believe they are genuine contacts with intelligences from other planets in this solar system, felt he couldn't publish that in his book, Earth's in the Universe. There's a, some extracts from it in my book, UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message, which I published with the permission of the Swedenborg Society, let me say, so thanks to them. But he, he felt he couldn't publish that in his lifetime. So this was very dangerous belief. Yeah. Now it's ridicule, it's words like foolish and absurd. They've been hurled at me for saying there was a government cover-up on UFOs, mm. which we all know now, which governments admit now. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be the same with alien life. We aren't there yet. Um, the stigma is going on yeah. UFOs, very much so in the last two or three years. Hasn't yet gone on the idea of multidimensional life. It will. So, you know, let's be brave, let's be strong. Let's not be worried about ridicule, even if it comes from our own family or friends. Yeah. We, we have a very strong belief, and it will prove to be a correct one. Yeah, it's a good point, because, you know, this is this, what we're saying here, what we're claiming is, is apparently in the face of, you know, scientific um, findings, but really it's more like scientific dogma, isn't it? Or, it's a scientific it's, assumption yeah. that they start from, and it's a very unscientific approach, because mm. they don't know, mm. but they say, oh, no, there's no life there because we can't live there. Mm. 
Yeah, what has that got to Nonsense. do with other life? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we talked. You've talked a, lot, a little bit about some of the examples of, of the evidence that we can offer to people, at least, so they can consider this. And yeah. one of them is, um, you know, Dr. King projecting from his physical body to other planets. Yeah. And 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 documenting his experience. It's evidence. If you, I mean, to me, it's evidence. Mm. I mean, some people say, well, anyone could say that, you know. <laughs> Suppose. So whether they regard that as evidence, but mm. I mean, if you study the life of Dr. King. Yeah. Uh, he was the most remarkable man. I mean, I think whatever your views, you'd have to say, this is one of the most remarkable people who yeah. ever lived mm -hmm. in numerous ways. And I was lucky to know him really well yeah. and be among his greatest friends, yeah. and he mine, and as well as being a follower of his. And I still am a follower of his. But he, um, he really was a brave, courageous quite a shy individual who didn't enjoy the media or the, or the public platform, uh, but was very, I mean, he, he was, the strangest thing about him actually was he was sometimes shy, not among his close friends and sure. followers, but at the same time, always supremely confident, which is, you don't, those two don't normally don't go, go together, together. No. but then he wasn't from this earth, yeah. so it's un <laughs> unusual. Mm. Uh, there were these traits that mm, this doesn't quite fit mm. um, because and he was confident because he knew mm. and that's the greatest confidence anybody totally can totally yeah. totally yeah. so we've got we've got um, obviously his experiences which you can find in, in a book called you are responsible yeah. actually, if you want to read those and you know judge for yourself Absolutely. Um, and you've also talked about Swedenborg and his experience though because that's quite a unique thing in history isn't it's it it's interesting a, yeah. I mean it doesn't compare to Dr King I, I found it very what I found particularly interesting mm. wasn't so much the messages he received although they are there um, and he claimed contact with beings from several planets in this solar system. Yeah. But the description he made of trance, I always find that very interesting. He didn't, I don't think he called it trance, but he describes, and it's, all, it's published in my book, yeah. you know, what sort of state he entered. And it's published in this book, Earths in the Universe by Swedenborg. Um, and what's very authentic about that it's a bit like Wordsworth when he described in the ode oh, yeah. at Tintern Abbey yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the state he entered which mm. was clearly somatic yeah. and Swedenborg it was clearly uh, I would say if not somatic borderline on the border of that very advanced trance condition I would call it yeah. just from his description and yet there was no he didn't he wasn't familiar with channeling as we now yeah. know it he had no access to Eastern wisdom any more than Wordsworth did, the sure. Kundalini and the yeah. effects of it. So it, it, it's a very interesting account. I don't think, myself, and just based on the content, it's 100% accurate. So when it comes to mediumship, which is a fascinating, to me, an absolutely <laughs> fascinating topic, but you, you have this strange thing that you can be more advanced, but less accurate. Mm. In a strange way, I can understand that. Because in a small way, as I've developed and I've, as I've started to be able to gain contact with higher intelligences on higher levels than I could before, it can also be um, more difficult to concentrate. Mm. Because actually, because of the, the sort of blissful day. sensations that start to come. And, you know, so, it, you know, I'm not judging when I say that. But so I think he's an example. Now, lots of very accurate psychic mediums who can get relatives and fairly basic messages, you know, about almost like recipes for soup. Or It's not quite that, but it can be very basic. Yeah. Uh, it might even be that, actually. <laughs> um, 
which is that that person shouldn't be, no, giving, shouldn't be giving Westminster they should be shoe. moving on oh, now. For God's sake. Um, but you know they could be very accurate is my point mm. but not nearly as elevated so Swedenborg to me would be one of those who's in an elevated category he was a brilliant man in numerous ways by right. the way he was a scientist yeah. a theologian I think he was a he was an expert in clocks irrigation he, he was a and in parliament I think mm. um but, you know, he, he was elevated, but I don't think it's entirely accurate. And this is where Dr. King sets the benchmark on everything. I mean, Dr. King's benchmark on cosmic consciousness, just to bring us to oh, <laughs> the fifth freedom in the nine freedoms. It's wonderful freedom, that. It's an absolute Bible mm. of advanced information for the mm. aspirant, the mm. fifth freedom. But he gives a, 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 his... I don't know whether he entered it specially for the book. It wouldn't surprise me if he did, by the way. Wow. Because, he, you know, uh, he would, was perfectly capable of that when he wrote this book. I think, it was, I think it was 1962 when he was writing this, and I think it was on Balboa Island, which is near Newport Beach. Oh, right, OK. But he wrote it with the help of Monique. OK. Uh, his, later his wife. Um, and... It's it's so accurate the way he describes it. it. I don't think this is only my opinion that he's like re remembering something from five years earlier. I see. I see. It, it, you know, to yeah. me, and I think he would. Mm. He'd certainly be capable of saying, "Okay, I've got I've got to write about cosmic consciousness." Well, let's do it. That was him. <laughs> he would do it, and then he writes. Who write can it. do that? Yeah. And the, okay. the description. I mean, the, the state of Yogananda, and I love Yogananda. He, he talks about cosmic... And there are many others. There's a book by Buck, which is recommended in The Nine Freedoms, about cosmic consciousness. Oh, yeah, but those yeah. states aren't... I mean, it shows his humility to even put them in the same ballpark. Yeah. They aren't the state described in The Fifth Freedom. Mm -hmm. And not even Yogananda. Yogananda is a wonderful, a very elevated condition, but it isn't the same. And um, so I'm I just saying that Dr. King set the absolute benchmark also for mediumship. Uh, which is just on another level from, we've said this before, but every other medium that I've ever heard of, including Swedenborg. Yeah, and I think, you know, that goes into another point here, which is that, you know, the teachings that he received through his mediumship from beings which claim to be on other planets in this solar system on higher realms yeah. is, again, points the way, I think, for people, you know, in this conversation of search for extraterrestrial life, you know, to what we're talking about, you know, with yeah. not just beings in other realms, but extremely advanced spiritually and technologically, millions of years more advanced than ourselves in our own solar system on higher realms of existence, offering us this spiritual teaching. Yeah, and I think once yeah. you, you, you get the nine freedoms, for mm. example, and you see that it works, and you can see that it works. Mm. I mean, you can see that uh, bravery, the way it's depicted, works. Love energy, especially, you can absolutely prove to yourself. All those steps, you can find them working out. And you can see through experience, mm. not just um, logic, although yeah. logic's a great thing, and not even just intuition, which is an even greater thing, but through experience that this is true. Once you recognize that it's true, you recognize that Dr. George King is authentic, then you can accept uh, his teachings about life on Mars, life on Venus, life on Jupiter. Yeah. Because those masters who gave those teachings, if he wasn't accurate, if his other teachings weren't right, they wouldn't be going on giving them. And they continued right up to the last months of his life in 1997. And that's over 40 years, isn't it? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, one last point here that I think might be useful, people, is um, 
just talking, just bringing it back to the UFO phenomenon for a moment, yeah. and um, just some of the behavior that has been observed of yes. them, which yeah. is, you know, the one I think that's most relevant here is this, this kind of blinking in and out yeah. of existence. Yeah. I mean, do you want to tell us a little bit about how that relates to what we're yeah, talking about? Yeah, I mean, about? I think, you know, well, all this UFO, UAP, as they now call it, info that's coming out, mm. and it's being looked at by NASA now, and it's being looked at, and, and actually, they have made an appeal, NASA, by the way, very recently for civilians to provide them with Oh, yeah, their with their cameras and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, up to now, it's been mainly military personnel. Mm. But I, I've done, as you know, hundreds of radio phone-ins over the years on UFOs and people calling in. It's all anecdotal. Mm. But I would say on those various phone-ins that I've done, there have been dozens at the very least, probably more than dozens, of people who have described their sighting their UFO that they've sighted as blinking in and blinking out, sometimes both ways, sometimes blinking out and then reappearing, very often blinking out at the end mm -hmm. of the sighting, and that's not, not moving away or yeah. a cloud coming, it could be a, a, a cloudless sky. I've experienced that myself too. It's one of the phenomena, and it, it suggests, it indicates their power over matter. They yeah. have power over matter and power over gravity mm. that terrestrial physics doesn't grasp yet. And that's admitted by very senior people in the US Navy and in US intelligence uh, and in the military. The, the, the capabilities of these crafts, and even if they say it's only 5%, uh, I think it could be a lot more. But let's just say it was 5% yeah. of these sightings that they even have. Right. That's a lot of... That's enough. I mean, you only need one, actually. And, you've, you know, you've True. proved it's, the whole point. It's there, yeah. And they one. have this, as you rightly say, this power of invisibility, actually, mm. in contacts with the gods from space, uh, and even earlier than that, in a, a little booklet called The Flying Saucers, I think it was called, mm -hmm. and still, I think it's still available... Um, uh, it, but in contact with the gods in space in 1996, we published not only the invisibility capability, but how it was done. Mm. And when I want to say we, I mean Dr. George King. I just was the co-author. Mm. It was him, and he and he and it's in his words. So it's fully described, and it relates to the beginning of what we, you you open the show with: life, alien life. Until you grasp their capability over matter. And I think the big thing to remember is we are all evolving. Yeah. We're all going back to God, Brahma, reality, whatever you care to call it. Uh, we're going back in that direction. And as we go back, it's no longer we come back to our great thing in the seventh freedom. It's transmutation, mm. not transmigration. And that means... Life is being risen. All yeah. the time, life is being risen. So we're on a pretty basic level. Mm -hmm. There are people right now on level, let's say, this is level one, right. level five, who would tell Honest, us that. Yeah. Level five of Earth. Yeah. yeah. And, and never mind level six. Who would tell us that? They tell us this is much more refined, much more sublime, much more inspirational place to be in the etheric and mental realms than here. Now, we're talking about intelligences way above even someone living on level five, way above, right. which people on level five would admit right. and know mm -hmm. and revere. Mm, yeah. And so they aren't going to be let, uh, hidebound to this level on Mars, on Venus, on Jupiter, they are, they are rising and they are transmuting much faster. It's exponential. 
Yeah. And so, of course, it's going to be a much more refined, more elevated level um, you know, above our capability of detection, unless they choose to be detected, which sometimes they do. I think that's a fantastic explanation, actually, in the context of yeah, what of the transmutation point mm. that you've made, and life is all being risen. Of course, naturally, then they would be existing Absolutely. on a higher plane. Yeah. yeah, and even you know, just to just to balance that with the technological element of it. I mean, if we are, if some of these UFOs are really extraterrestrial and they've been able to visit Earth from millions of light years away, mm -hmm. right? Which we we you know, with our basic technology, would take you know, millions of years. Obviously, they were able to do it in an extremely short amount of time. They must have some mastery over matter that Absolutely. we have not yet been yeah. able to achieve. Yeah. And they, you know, the, the speeds and the distances yeah. aren't... I mean, this is freely admitted. Our physics is just... I mean, forget it. Mm. Uh, in it, comparison. It'd be like yeah. looking at, you know, some sort of dark ages, you know, um, I don't know, practitioner of... Herbalism, so nothing yeah. against herbalism. Yeah, yeah, be yeah. Really good. Letting and the saying, blood and stuff okay, like that. Okay, explain a computer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, and, and much more so than that. Mm. Actually, the herbalist could be a lot more spiritual than mm. some of the computer technicians. Mm. Not all, not mm. all, mm. not mm. you. <laughs> uh, but you know, you get my point. I yeah. mean, it's 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 impossible to um, to to even begin to grasp. That's the first intelligent place to get to is yeah. to say, as some top people in, in, in the American military have got to, but yeah. not all by any means, they, they are way beyond us yeah. in their technology and in their advancement. And I think, just to close that, that leaves me with a real sense of inspiration and even awe. Yeah, you oh, know, yeah. That, you know, this search for extraterrestrial life is not like looking for microbes on some other planet or mm -hmm. some exoplanet. This is about recognizing and, and, and even seeing the answers that have been already given to us from beings advanced more technologically and spiritually millions of years so than us, who are not just here in our own solar system on other planets, but actually offering us a hand of their help as well. They are. But I'm going to add one little sad note to, to end with, I have to add it which is that the planets themselves, and especially our planet, the mm. Mother Earth, they are holding themselves back mm. to enable life. And that's the nature. The galaxy, the planets, the suns, the purpose, the nature of their existence, the, the reason for their existence is to enable other life forms to... Otherwise, these planets wouldn't be on this level at all. We'd be in some vortex. Mm. Uh, but they are here and they're staying here, even though some of the races are progressing upon them and advancing to higher and higher and higher levels. And it is exponential growth. It's not like we're going along like this. I mean, they're going, mm. the, the distances mm. are you know, getting greater uh, because that's the nature of spiritual development. Even on this earth, actually, mm. it's the nature of spiritual development. Uh, once you really start to advance, you can advance far, 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 far more and more quickly. It doesn't stay the same. Thank you, Richard. Deep, profound. Everybody's down here. Thanks for tuning into the show. Now, if you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe for more wisdom from the Nine Freedoms. If you'd like to find out more about the Nine Freedoms, about Mars Sector 6 by Dr. George King, go to our website, that's ethereus.org. Richard and I love hearing from you, receiving your comments, your questions, on your spiritual experiences, and talking about them on the show. So do write to us, share them with us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. Always remember that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. See you next time.